Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So much to address, isn't there? Well, I want to talk about Dr. Anthony Fauci. I want to talk about the rioters. I want to talk about Biden. I want to talk about the schools. I don't know if I'm going to get everything in. And I want to talk about the suburbs. The president's under attack as a racist because he's now pulled the last of the plugs on the uh, Biden-Obama attack, war, takeover of the suburbs. I'll get to all this if I can. But first, hydroxychloroquine. Can you ever remember a time when the media, the bureaucrats, the Democrats turned a drug that's been used safely for more than half a century into a political issue? They keep asking the president, and he keeps telling them that he thinks hydroxychloroquine and zinc and so forth works, and that he's taken it. They ask him the question, he answers the question, then they attack him. And they drag out Anthony Fauci. Now, Anthony Fauci hasn't actually practiced frontline medicine Since I was like 10 or 11 years old, Mr. Producer. So for half a century. He's been a bureaucrat for half a century. He has no patients, let alone working in an emergency room. He hasn't treated anybody for the Wuhan China virus. Nobody. And he says, follow the science. He goes on MSNBC. He goes on CNN. He goes on anywhere anyone will have him. And he becomes a useful idiot. What he won't do 
is sit down with the doctors. He doesn't have to sit down with the thousands of doctors who use hydroxychloroquine. But sit down with this doctor's group that for some reason is being treated like a bunch of lepers. Who are arguing with their own backgrounds, with their own medical certificates, with their own medical licenses. That it does in fact work and they know it works as a matter of fact and a matter of experience. Why has this become a political football? The answer is obvious. Even it's effective on 10% of the people who get the virus, even if it's effective of stopping 10% from getting the virus, that's a big deal. Dr. Fauci says, follow the science. He can't be trusted. When it came to wearing masks, he told you not to wear a mask. When it came to this virus, he said, don't worry, it's just like the flu. This guy's bounced around more than a ping pong ball. He's highly political. Highly political. Now he's asked by Andrea Mitchell about hydroxychloroquine. Did Andrea Mitchell attend the press event that took place a couple of days ago with these doctors? Has she interviewed any of the doctors? Has she had them on MSNBC? Of course not. They want to treat them like they're They're kooks. They're persona non grata. Why? They've used, they have used hydroxychloroquine and zinc and so forth on patients and it has saved their lives. They're there in the hospital rooms. They're there in the ICU. They're there standing by the hospital bed, administering the medicine, watching the results, charting the results. Gathering data on the results in real time with real human beings. If you don't want to use it, don't use it. If your doctor doesn't want to prescribe it, don't prescribe it. And so what happens now is it becomes, as I say, a political issue. So Twitter, Facebook, and Google banned the video. As I discussed last night. Now we have it on Levin TV. We have it on Blaze TV. Is it up on Parlor still, Mr. Producer? I believe it is. So it's up on my Parlor site. It's up on my Levin TV. It's up on Blaze TV. The only places really I think you can find it. If these doctors are kooks, then why not let the video play out? The genocidal mass-murdering Islamo-fascist Nazi who runs Iran. Anytime he tweets stuff out, they keep it up. Anytime Black Lives Matter tweets stuff out, anti-Semitic, anti-American, BDS, Marxist group, they keep it up. They dare not touch them. Here we have qualified doctors. And they do an event for the public, and the public doesn't get to see it. So the media have no problem with that. Because the media surrendered a long time ago. Any idea of free speech, 
And not just that that's constitutionally mandated. So if you are rioting and burning and looting in a city, they call that protected free speech. Protesting. If you're doctors in white coats with all kinds of degrees and experience and you have a video, they're not going to show it. That's not speech. Anthony Fauci on MSNBC today. Let me show you how this works. Let me show you how this works. Because Andrea Mitchell is a long-time moronic propagandist. Cut three, go. The president again today repeated his endorsement of hydroxychloroquine. That's not what happened. The president was asked about it. And he answered it. This is what he means by fake news. This is what I mean by a pseudo-event. It is a concoction. It is a fiction. He endorsed it. If you don't want to use it, don't use it. He's not prescribing it. He's just explaining what he does or what he would do. I, I would love if we could find out how many people in the media have used this or are using this. I would love to know how many people at the infectious disease office where Dr. Fauci works, or the CDC or the FDA, have used it or are using it. I would love to know how many Democrats in Congress, Democrat governors, Democrat state representatives and so forth, how many of them are using it? But we'll never know. But we know they're lying hypocrites. That we do know. Go ahead. Not be used for COVID because it does not have known effects, known benefits, and it does have known risks for cardiac effects. So. So let's stop. These doctors addressed many of the issues raised. Andrea Mitchell censors them. Big Tech censors them. Anthony Fauci smears them, will not talk to them, will not meet with them. Why? Go ahead. How, how damaging is that, that he... Retweeted the the video and defended it again. How damaging is it that the President of the United States retweeted the video of those doctors? Look at the damage the President's doing to the American people, ladies and gentlemen. Is this not sick? Is she not a complete moron? Go ahead. Well, the only thing that I can do, Andrea, is, is do what I've done all along consistently. Can I ask you, why is this guy on TV anymore? What does he have to say? Has he said anything new in the last uh, 90 days, Mr. Producer? Wear the mask. Keep your pants on. What, what is the... Seriously. They, they just use him to attack other people. Why is Dr. Fauci on TV anymore? What has he told us that we don't already know? What has he told us that the president hasn't told us? Or the assistant secretary of HHS or the secretary of HHS hasn't told us? Or the head of the CDC? What new has Dr. Fauci presented to us? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. But they use him to trash the president, which he's more than happy to do. Follow the science. Wear a mask. No, don't worry about the mask. They don't work. Now they only work. It's the flu. Don't worry about any of it. Go ahead. 
is that you look at the scientific data and the evidence and the scientific data, the cumulative data on, on trials, clinical trials that were valid, namely clinical trials that were randomized and controlled in the proper way. All of those trials show consistently that hydroxychloroquine. No, is all not- of those trials don't show that. There are other trials that do. So why is he lying? Why is he lying? Other trials do. Why did the FDA reverse course? Why did the FDA reverse course? And why not just allow doctors to do what doctors have always done? Use medicines that have been approved by the FDA after the usual trials and apply them to other circumstances. So here's an anti-malaria drug that doctors have used, patients have said, have helped them. Why would you fight that? Why would you fight that? Why would you condemn that? Why would you character assassinate a president of the United States that says people are telling him it works? Scientists are telling him. Doctors are telling him. Now, they're not the preferred scientists and doctors. They're not on the government payroll. They haven't been approved by the FDA, but they have degrees from Ivy League medical schools. They have degrees from all kinds of places. You've got a man who's a top epidemiologist, a professor from Yale that says this could save 100,000 lives. Why would you blow that off? Why would you ignore these people? And then character assassinate them and try and ruin their careers. Like the Daily Beast going after this uh, doctor who's from Africa, who says she's treated 350 patients with this drug, and every one of them has improved. And then they go, well, she talked about the demon sperm from uh, UFOs. So she's to be ignored and rejected and smeared in two articles. And trashed. Unbelievable. Go ahead. Effective in the treatment of coronavirus disease or COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Cut four, go. My family received an email yesterday from a young friend of ours, a university graduate. She's now back home in her village in rural western Kenya, asking us if now there's a cure because she had seen the video. How did and- she see the video? Where did she see the video? Go ahead. See today in the newspapers in Kenya, warnings and columns to tell people don't believe that video. If this can be true. Andrea Mitchell, why didn't you interview any of the doctors? Why won't you bring them on MSNBC? Why don't you tell the people their credentials? I know the left is going to pick on this doctor from Africa because that's what they do. They're all for black people unless the black people step out, talk about their own expertise, and take a position that disagrees with theirs. Then they destroy them. And we've seen this over and over and over again. These are the white left-wing racists in the Democrat Party. If you go along with the Democrats and their economic agenda, you'll be rewarded. If you don't, you'll be dismissed or worse. Rather than cite the email she got from a friend in western rural Kenya, why didn't she talk to any of these doctors in the United States? that have treat, treated hundreds and hundreds of patients. Why won't she talk to any of the patients who've recovered? Just look how this is being dealt with. You've got a governor of New York who shoves coronavirus-positive individuals into nursing homes and into assisted living homes, 
causing the death of over six, 7,000 human beings. He's not condemned by Andrea Mitchell. He's not condemned by Fauci. He says, New York's doing a great job. He points to New York. And here we have a drug that's been around over half a century. In fact, nearly 70 years. And all of a sudden, it's like drinking poison. Because the President of the United States says, I would use it. Why are they silencing all these doctors and scientists and professors who say, you're wrong, Dr. Fauci. You're wrong, media. We believe it works in a substantial uh, percentage of the cases. And why are they ignoring the surveys that show that it does work? Go ahead. Around the country and globally, so rapidly. All right, we'll come back with Fauci's response in a moment. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom. And freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale's been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, Commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. We'll get to Fauci's response. What I'll do is start that clip over after the bottom of the hour because we don't have enough time. But you just see how the gang, the mob, the group think jumps in. You got Andrea Mitchell. Then you have Claire McCaskill, who doesn't know anything about anything except maybe Weight Watchers. And then you got Mika Brzezinski, as dumb as a doorknob, all attacking the president over hydroxy, accusing him of doing things that lead to the death of people. Now, keep something in mind. Let's follow the science. Let's follow the science. What's abortion about? What's abortion on demand? What's abortion in the last minute? Is that a baby? Will you be killing the baby? What's the science tell us? The science tells us it's a baby. The science tells us it's a baby. But now they call it a choice. You get it? I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale's been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, 
Commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Speaking to the four out of five Americans who are literate at 877-381-3811. The media would do its job. I wouldn't have to spend so much time on this, now would I? If Dr. Fauci really believes what he says, rather than meeting with Andrea Mitchell and every other Democrat dressed up as a journalist, he'd be meeting with the scientists, the professors, the medical experts who disagree with him or who could provide him with the science that apparently he's unencumbered with. And so this is a, almost a monthly event where the media asks the president, the president gives an answer, then Fauci goes, follow the science, uh, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. So here's Mitchell again, go. My family received an email yesterday from a young friend of ours, a university graduate. She's now back home in her village in rural western Kenya, asking us if now there's a cure because she had seen the video. And now I see today in the newspapers in Kenya, warnings and columns to tell people, don't believe that video. Don't you think it's weird she's reading the newspaper columns in Kenya, Mr. Producer? Isn't that weird? Is she reading the newspaper columns in Guatemala? Bangladesh? Sounds like such a phony moron. Go ahead. If this can be transmitted around the country and globally so rapidly don't we have to do more to stop these dangerous conspiracies it's not a uh, Andrea Mitchell is there a reason why you didn't have any doctors on your program is there a reason I know you're a leftist hack but you're an embarrassment to yourself and your family is there a reason why these doctors is there a reason why the doctor from Africa is being trashed all over TV and by the Daily Beast, those pukes over there? Is there a reason why these other doctors are being... You like Ivy League schools. You got this professor from Yale that says this could save 100,000 people. Is he a conspiracy theorist? Is there a reason why you don't talk to him? Is there a reason why you never talk to any experts, whether they're professors from Ivy League schools, whether they're trauma doctors, whether they're doctors from Africa, whether they're doctors with 30 years' experience, regardless of their licenses and their certifications, how superb they are? Is there a reason why you never have a single one of them on MSNBC? Or on your show. But Fauci keeps coming back. Fauci who blew the swine flu. The H1N1. Fauci who doesn't know when you should wear a mask. Or whether you shouldn't wear a mask. Fauci the infectious disease. Confucius. Who told everybody not to buy a mask. How many deaths did that result in early on? Who told everybody it's no worse than the flu. How many deaths did that result in? As a result of his genius following the science. What does Fauci have to say? Go. Misleading people. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely correct, Andrew. And that's the reason why I'm very explicit 
and unambiguous when we say. Now, what, what is this? This is this guy's such an egomaniac. He's such an egomaniac. Plays right into it. Trashes the president through the back door. Set up by Andrea Mitchell, who doesn't know anything about anything. Now let's move on. Claire McCaskill. The only thing Claire McCaskill knows about is she likes to have two desserts with dinner. That's it. She's a loser. She lost her Senate seat. She's an ex-politician. So she has a gig on MSNBC, so they drag her into the morning Joe show with all the other clowns and buffoons. And she performs like a monkey. Cut five, go. Yeah, Willie, I can answer the president's question. Did anybody he- ask you that, moron? Yeah, Willie, I can. So here you have a table full of circle liberals. Can I say that, Mr. Producer? Circle liberals who don't know anything about the science. Not a thing. Go ahead. Yeah, Willie, I can answer the president's question. He wants to know why his approval ratings are so low. It's because he's a dangerous, incompetent jerk. Shut up, you fat slob. May I call you that with all due respect? If we're going to do names, we'll do names. We'll do names. I can tell you why, Willie. I can get a president. He wants to know why his approval is so... It's because he's a dangerous, incompetent jerk. And Claire McCaskill got her medical degree from what? From a box of Cheerios. She likes her Cheerios, doesn't she, Mr. Producer? Then we have Mika Brzezinski. She is in a very close race for the dumbest person on television. I, I mean this in all seriousness. The only dumbest per, dumber person in television, and they're not, really not in television, I guess they're in production, is the idiot who came up with the motor commercial. You ever watch that thing? The bottom half of the guy's a motorcycle. I'm going, is this, is this, what the hell is this? But anyway, let's listen to this genius. Cut six, go. You have pushed quack cures that have been proven. Ah, shut as- up, you idiot. Done with her, too. Now, let's ask Dr. Fauci the science. Let's just make it easy for the left. Let's not talk about when life begins. Let's look at the science when it comes to the eighth month, the ninth month, ten minutes before birth. Dr. Fauci... Is that a human being, a baby, in the mother's womb? Just the science, doctor. Just the science. They won't answer that question. Because they don't believe in the science. The answer is obviously yes, it's a baby. And yes, you're killing the baby. But they call it a choice. I don't care if you're religious or not. That's the science. We have sonograms now. We have all ways of seeing this. It's not guesswork anymore. It's a fact. A scientific fact. So Dr. Fauci, knowing that an abortion has as its purpose to kill the baby. What is safer, Dr. Fauci? Hydroxychloroquine or an abortion? Think that's a fair question, Mr. Producer? 
Which is safer? Hydroxychloroquine given to a patient who has the Wuhan China virus or as a prophylactic give it to somebody who, who is susceptible to potentially death from the Wuhan China virus or an abortion? Well, the hydroxychloroquine is safer. Is there any doubt about that, ladies and gentlemen? No. But Andrea Mitchell, Dr. Fauci, Claire McCaskill, Mika Brzezinski support abortion. But apparently they have a problem with hydroxychloroquine. And you see, they use it to attack the President of the United States. They will not bring on this Yale top epidemiologist. They will not bring on these top doctors. They won't bring any of them on. And where they can, they scrub their backgrounds and try and destroy them. Now, I know Andrea Mitchell has a friend now in the rural west of Kenya, and she's reading the columns in the Kenyan newspapers, how about this black doctor from Africa who's treated patients with the hydroxychloroquine? Why didn't she talk to her? Is she a racist? Xenophobe? Moron? Left-wing hack? It's incredible. And Fauci will do the circuit, baby. And notice they'll never question his skills, his knowledge. Well, I do, and I will, and I'll continue to do so. Because he's really not the expert. There are other experts who've been working in this field and have been doing cutting-edge stuff that he reads about but doesn't know from first-hand experience. And I want to remind you, Dr. Fauci was in his same position, the exact same job, during the Obama-Biden administration. When we had the swine flu in 2009, the H1N1, but we'll call it the swine flu. The swine flu. And we've talked about this before, but it has to be underscored because of these continuous attacks on the president, the president's administration, and the incredible job they're actually doing confronting this complex Wuhan China virus. And the screw-ups of some of these Democrat governors like Cuomo and Mer- And there's Fauci. You know, uh, New York did it right. New York did it right, you quack. New York did it right. His license should be yanked just based on that. New York did it right. By shoving corona-positive patients in the nursing homes. New York did it right, you quack. Oh, yes, they did it right. Good God, what a fool. First things first. First things first. They talk about the president wanting to stop testing. The president could stop testing on the coronavirus this minute if he ordered testing to be stopped. The president of the United States could order the federal government to stop testing, stop making testing available, and stop keeping data. Do you know how I know that, Mr. Producer? It's exactly what Barack Obama and Joe Biden did in 2009 when it came to the swine flu. The president hasn't ordered it. 
And why did the president say that? Because he wants it to be a done? Because it's a dangerous? No, because he's trying to explain to these radical kamikaze reporters that the reason why we're able to know there's more cases of the Wuhan China coronavirus, COVID-19 virus, is because we're testing more. Because testing is successful. It's become ubiquitous. So you find more cases. But that's not the test. The test is the mortality rate. And so they lie about that. The New York Times has lied about it over and over again. I explained it to you. There's two charts. Go to the CDC site. Right, Dr. Fauci? Tell Andrea. Tell Mika. Tell that slob former senator. Go to the, go to the CDC site, and you'll see two, two lists of data. And for some reason, one shows less deaths today, and one shows more. Why? Because the one that shows more today includes deaths that occurred previously, but hadn't been accounted for, hadn't been known. So they throw it in today when they learn about it. But that death didn't happen today, as I explained for the Drudge Report and the others that were regurgitating this crap. It's the other chart. It's the other chart. And you know what else isn't clear? And we've been through this a thousand times. Even that is misleading. Why? Why? Sally, in third grade, why? Why? I I think the reason that it's not right is because, because if somebody has a different morbidity and dies from that, and they happen to have the virus, they count it as a virus death. Sally, you're listening. You should take Andrea Mitchell's job. And you're only eight years old. That's the point. Now, how do we know that? Because I read to you the form and the directive that's given to hospitals and everybody else from the CDC and, their, and, the, and the people who keep the statistics. What did it say? It said basically that. If somebody dies and they have the coronavirus, you're to count it as a death by coronavirus, or at least to say the primary reason was the coronavirus. Well, what if the guy had a heart attack? Coronavirus. What if they had a stroke? Coronavirus. Cancer. Coronavirus. Now, I talked about that, and the scum at the Daily Beast and Huffington Post challenged it. But this is, may I say, the science. These are the facts. This is the truth. Why are they rooting for higher numbers? Now, we all know why they're rooting for higher numbers. Nancy Pelosi said it explicitly. Said it explicitly through her false teeth. What did she say? We're going to call this the Trump virus. I see. And when we come up with a vaccine that works, you're going to call it the Trump vaccine? No, 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 no. You're not? No. We come up with medicines that work. You're going to call them the Trump medicines? No, no. Can't do that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. 
Hillsdale's been providing the education needed to preserve free government for 175 years. It continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Shouldn't Joe Biden be questioned about his and Obama's response to the swine flu in 2009? They never got a vaccine done in time. When they eventually got the vaccine done, they had promised 100 million uh, uh, vaccines. Then 60 million, they got 11 million, maybe 12 million. There were screw-ups every step of the way. And then Joe Biden talks the other day about, well, I lectured the president, there need to be four things when you have a vaccine. I'm going, my God, isn't anybody going to challenge this guy? And the answer is no. Listen to clowns like Andrea Mitchell and Mika Blazinska. By the way, is she a citizen of America, Mr. Producer? No, no offense. I say with all due respect. I'm just curious. Here's Ron Klain in 2009 on Joe Biden's handling of the 2009 H1N1 swine flu. Go. Uh, I just had a couple things. I mean, I, I was in the White House in 2009, 2010. I was working for Vice President Biden. I wasn't involved directly in the H1N1 response, but I, I lived through it as a White House staffer. And what I will say about it is, uh, a bunch of really talented, really great people working on it, and we did every possible thing wrong. And it's, you know, 60 million Americans got H1N1 uh, in that period of time, and it's just purely a fortuity that this isn't one of the great mass casualty events in American history. It had nothing to do with us doing anything right. It just had to do with luck. Uh, and so if anyone thinks that this can't happen again, uh, they don't have to go back to 1918. They just have to go back to 2009, 2010. Imagine a virus with a different lethality. And you can just um, do the math on that. And Dr. Fauci, you were holding the same exact position back then, weren't you? Yes, I was. I followed the science. So you were a screw-up. You're being mischievous. So what's the moral of this story? You ask your doctor if you should use hydroxychloroquine. Not Andrea Mitchell, not some slob who's a former senator, not Mika Brzezinski, and not don't wear a mask, it's only a flu-like problem. Fauci. You ask your own doctor, and you go number one. Number two, if Joe Biden were in charge of this virus, we'd all be halfway dead, wouldn't we, Joe? Screwball. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Boy, this idiot Mark Warner. Such a fraud. Such a oddball. But the people of Virginia love him. I got to get out of the state. I got to get out of the state, Mr. Producer. I got to move to Florida permanently. They got DeSantis. They got a good man there. They got two decent senators. I got to get out of here. You know, I'll tell you a little story. I came to this area around Washington, D.C. when I was about 22 years old. Actually, I just turned 23. And I wanted to serve in the Reagan administration as a young lawyer. And I did. I knew... uh, Very, very close friends with Paul Laxall, the late great senator from Nevada. Very good friends with Tom Pawkin out of Texas. But I had worked in the 1976 Reagan campaign, and I worked in the 1980 Reagan campaign. And so my dad drove to Dallas, Texas. I was working a very short period of time with Texas Instruments. It's a great company, and there were great people there. I even remember the... uh, the general counsel's name, Dick Agnich. Nice, nice guy. And we drove from Dallas to Washington all day, all night, however long it took. And I didn't have anywhere to stay. And I remember we came to the Washington area. And my dad said, okay, where, where, are, we, where are you staying now? I said, I don't know. He said, what do you mean you don't know? He said, I hadn't thought about it. I was just so anxious and excited. This was December before President Reagan was sworn in. And I called a friend of mine, Phil Kiko. He'd been working on Capitol Hill. And uh, I slept on his sofa for 10 months. And my mom and dad didn't even know I was sleeping on his sofa. They just assumed I was in a bedroom or something. I hadn't told them. Eventually got an apartment. But anyway, it was very, very exciting. The early Reagan years and Advancing the cause. And, of course, the president was a remarkable man, as the current president is a remarkable man, and I've known both of them from the early days. It was a different time back then. These are more tumultuous times. And while the Democrat Party was out of control, it wasn't controlled by the the Marxist anti-Semitic wing of the Democrat Party, which it is now. Which it is now. A lot of the people in the Never Trumper movement, they like to point to Reagan, but they never campaigned for Reagan either. Bill Kristol never campaigned for Reagan in 76 and 80. He wasn't able to get tenure. I think it was at Harvard or University of Pennsylvania, wherever it was. He was brought into the Reagan administration by Bill Bennett. Not one of these never-Tremper guys were ever Reaganites. Not one of them. This Lincoln Project, they weren't Reaganites. They didn't campaign for him. They wouldn't serve in his administration. Every battle that has been waged by the conservative movement 
I've been involved in. Of course, prior to the time I was born or prior to the time I'd reached a certain age, I, I wasn't. But the Reagan revolution, the people now who claim to be part of the Reagan revolution, they weren't part of the struggle and the fight to get that man elected president of the United States. They came in afterwards, many of them, many of them. The Tea Party movement. Of course, you know, Liberty and Tyranny sold a million and a half copies. It sold a million and a half copies because people wanted their country back, even then, with Obama in the waning years of the Bush administration. And then there's the Trump Revolution. And in all these revolutions, the Reagan Revolution, the Tea Party Revolution, the Trump Revolution. We've had to fight like hell for what we earned at the ballot box. Because when we win elections, they act like we don't. They dig in, they use any instrumentality, any institution of the federal government to try and destroy us and block us and defeat us. Whether it's the courts and the bureaucracy, what I call the permanent parts of our government, or any other system possible. Academia, the media. When the left wins elections, they do fundamentally change America. They say they have a mandate. When the left loses elections, they claim some kind of offense, some kind of an abuse, But they don't take it sitting down. They turn to the unelected parts of government, the courts and the bureaucracy. The mass of bureaucracy exists, frankly, not for you, but for the power of the Democrat Party. Just keep that in mind. But I want to show you a difference between constitutional conservatives and the Marxist lefts in the Democrat Party. In 1986, Reagan was president. He directed the Federal Communication Commission to increase access, to increase competition of ideas, of voices, of free speech in the media. And so what happened was some of the restrictions that were in place at the FCC, going way back to the time when Lyndon Johnson got a phony license and they wanted to keep competition out of Austin, Texas, so he could enrich himself. They deregulated radio. They deregulated television. But for that decision in 1986, there wouldn't be syndicated conservative talk radio today. There wouldn't be a Rush. There wouldn't be a Sean. There wouldn't be a Mark. There wouldn't be any of us. Now, I want you to look at this. Over at Breitbart, there's a piece by Lucas Nolan. Dr. Simone Gold, who we had on this program, who is a brilliant lawyer and a brilliant doctor out of Stanford. Squarespace shuts down America's Frontline Doctors website. And I'm not spending the whole show on this, but I'm just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of interconnecting issues going on here. So what happened? Not only 
Did Google, Facebook, and Twitter ban a video, not about the overthrow of America, not about anti-Semitism, not promoting terrorism, but talking about experience, science, medical knowledge about hydroxychloroquine, that was banned. And now their website. These doctors who got together to form America's frontline doctors, doctors who work on the front line, was shut down by the website hosting provider Squarespace. Squarespace. There's no engagement of ideas. There's no debate over the science and the medicine. The left is totalitarian. Squarespace is totalitarian. Twitter, Facebook, Google are totalitarian. Andrea Mitchell, MSNBC, CNN, the whole freak show over there, totalitarian. You know, now and then I really hope I get sued, Mr. Producer. You want to know why? Discovery. I get to defend myself. I get phone records, iPhone records, texts, emails, depositions. I get it all. All of it. But I speak the truth, which is an absolute defense. So the website hosting these doctors and many more doctors, America's frontline doctors, were shut down by the provider Squarespace. It's incredible. Incredible. And the left goes marching on with their lies. With their lies. 77% of Americans are concerned about the spike in urban crime and they blame protests and unemployment. This is the Daily Caller citing the Harvard Caps Harris poll released to the Hill newspaper. Uh, On Monday, they also found that 46% of Americans are worried about crime in their local communities. Quote, at the same time, they see an increase of violence and crime and are concerned that prosecutors are not prosecuting the crimes. They blame the protests and the high unemployment when asked what is responsible for the spike in violence. They also single out social media for being used to coordinate violence in their view, not doing much to curb it. Violent crime has spiked in all of America's large cities in New York City. Number of shootings up 130% in June over the same period in 2019. Burglaries up 118%. Murders up 30%. That's your decamio. What a piece of trash that fool is. And of course, sexual assault is way up in Minneapolis. I don't hear the Me Too movement. Do you? No, of course not. Every night we get to watch the Marxist Democrat traitors attacking a federal courthouse and they're defended by the House Judiciary Committee Democrats. They are defended. Now we have that poll and then we have this poll from Gallup that was released yesterday. Nearly two-thirds of Americans support protests against racial injustice. 
Nearly two-thirds of Americans support the recent protests against racial injustice. The nationwide protests were sparked by the killing of George Floyd. A poll found that 65% of U.S. adults support the protests. Additionally, 53% said the protests will help public support for equality and racial justice versus 34% who said they would hurt. 13% said make no difference. The poll also reports that approximately 1 in 10 respondents said they had participated in demonstration in the last month. Among younger respondents, the number jumps to 1 in 4. In terms of support for protests, 92% of black Americans said they support the protests, 89% Asian Americans, 70% of Hispanics, 59% of whites. 54% of those surveys said the protests have changed their views on racial justice and inequality. In some way, 47% said the contrary. Now, so we have 77% of Americans are concerned about the spike in urban crime, and they blame protests and unemployment. How do you, how do you make sense of these two polls, Mr. Producer? Well, the questioning must not be clear. They must not be precise. And there's no reason that you can have precise questions, like, do you support the rioters, the looters, and the arsonists? Yes or no? I bet you have a significant percentage that says no. Are you concerned that the Democrat Party hasn't spoken out consistently and aggressively against the rioters, the losers, and the arsonists? I bet you have a significant percentage of non-Democrats who say yes. So we have a question that says here, you know, basically, do you support racism? Do you support inequality? The vast majority of people say no. I would have said no. Of course we don't. So what kind of question is that? Do you support the brutality against our police? So you know what I take from these two polls? Nothing. That the questions aren't right. But I'll tell you what I also know. Some Democrats are getting worried about this. They're getting worried about the, the attacks in Portland. They get worried about the massive increase in crime, including homicide in most of our major cities. They're getting worried about it. Now, how do I know this? Because Joe Biden uttered a complete sentence the other day in which he said the people who do the violence, and the rioting and so forth, ought to be charged. They ought to be prosecuted. Because Joe's worried. He's worried about the suburbs. He's worried about the suburbs. And you know who else is worried about the suburbs? The media. The Praetorian Guard media are afraid. That if the suburbs get wind of what we've talked about here, Joe Biden's plan to destroy them, that he'll lose the suburbs. And so what's happening now in USA Today... In the Washington Post, I started to collect these uh, in Politico, etc., etc. You know, the monopoly media. They're accusing the president, guess what, of being a racist. We're going to have to delve into this when I return. Mark Lovin.
In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Give an example. The President of the United States today tweeted out that he has put the knife through the heart of the Biden-Obama war on the suburbs, which was an 11th hour effort through HUD, twisting the language in the 1968 Federal Housing Administration Act to nationalize zoning, nationalize school building decisions, nationalize transportation decisions, nationalize decisions about where parks go, dense housing, eliminating single-family homes. In other words, social engineering by the hard left of the suburbs. The president killed it. And I want you to hear these headlines as a result today. USA Today, suburban lifestyle dream, Trump attacks fair housing rule and tweet, critics call vile. Politico, Donald Trump's suburban horror show, if current numbers hold, the Republican will suffer its worst defeat in the suburbs in decades, with implications reaching far beyond November. So what does he do? Plays to the white suburbs. Washington Compost, this was just a few days back. Trump tries to win over suburban housewives with repeal of anti-segregation housing rule. So now you see the radicals, hardcore left-wing radicals that are supposed to be reporters at this shameless rag called the Washington Compost. What are they doing? Anti-segregation housing rule? This isn't about anti-segregation, as we explained at length on the Sunday show, Life, Liberty, and Levin with Stanley Kurtz. They're going after the suburbs that are thoroughly diverse, widely diverse. They're just going after all suburbs to destroy them, to devour them, to incorporate them into the the cities effectively, where the Democrats can control them. Just remember this. The Democrats don't do anything for the people. They do it for their party. They do it for power. They do it for control. The president of the United States stands up against it courageously, And now he's against anti-segregation housing. This is how it works. I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Now, if you're not a member of AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, this is the day you should join. AMAC represents those who genuinely care about our country, our Constitution, and the nation's future. Now, let's be honest. America's under siege. And only one membership group gives you benefits and discounts, plus deep convictions, to defend America's values. Join AMAC because they stand guard, all two million members and growing, to save the future. The left is tearing this country down, defacing churches, statues, military cemeteries, ignoring the rule of law and the moral compass of the country. But AMAC is in the arena every day in every way. And you could be too if you join now. Their alerts, magazine, website, and social media keep you informed on what's happening. AMAC's national benefits and discounts save you money. Most of all, AMAC is the embodiment of what we believe in, and they fight for it every day. So visit amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Join today at A-M-A-C dot U-S. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Wow, I have had this theory... And unfortunately, again, the media let us down and they don't look into this stuff. Who are these people called Antifa? Who are all these white people who protest under the rubric, I guess we'll call it, or the flag of Black Lives Matter? Where are they coming from? They just showing up? Don't they work? Don't they work? Well, who is working from home most of the time now? It's not the people who work in restaurants. It's not the truck drivers. It's not the plumbers and the electricians. It's not the roofers. It's not the construction workers. It's not the cops and the firefighters and the emergency personnel. It's not the fishermen. It's not the ranchers. It's not the farmers. Who is it that has time to do these sorts of things? Riot at night in Portland. They're not coming out of the inner cities. They're coming to the inner cities. Who are they? I kind of intimated this a bit ago. But I'll tell you who I think they are. I think many of them are federal and state bureaucrats. Certainly not all of them. You have patriots and hardworking citizens among them, but... You also have a lot who aren't. And they desperately want the Democrats to win. And they desperately want more money. And they desperately want more benefits. And they're not of the private sector based on their demands. You can tell they're not of the private sector. Who else? I'm convinced public school teachers. Obviously not all of them. Again, there are patriots and hardworking American citizens among them. But unfortunately, the NEA and the AFT are of the hard left. And the majority of their members are too. So bureaucrats and people who are in the school system. And who else? College students are recent graduates from colleges. Many of whom don't have jobs or are not going to class. They work from home. 
if they work at all. And they're taking courses at home. So in May and June and July, they got time on their hands. The vast majority of these rioters, in my opinion, are not people who work in the private sector. They're not blue-collar people. They're bureaucrats, teachers, college students, or recent graduates who do not participate as entrepreneurs, as significant taxpayers. So it's very easy for them to be down with the revolution. Many of them have been sent to school by their parents. Many of them are still subsidized by their parents. Many of them wouldn't have two nickels to rub together but for their parents. You remember that Democrat state senator from Wisconsin? And remember that Antifa mob? And they were threatening the Capitol there. And I noticed nobody on Capitol Hill on the Democrat side mentioned that. And you remember that Democrat state senator also happened to be gay. Remember he took out his iPhone and was taking some video. And these two women attacked him. Two white women attacked him. And beat him. And hurt him. Well, here's channel 3000.com, so it says, Stephanie Fryer. And what is the headline? School social worker placed on administrative leave accused of attacking the state senator. So one of the two women worked for the school system, a social worker, violently participated in an assault on this individual. I guess she didn't know it was a state senator at the time, but she didn't care. Number of people have been arrested. Doesn't mean they stay in jail. If you're in New York, you go in the front door and out the back door. Wouldn't it be nice to know their professions or their backgrounds? Do we have any more reporters in this country in the New York Times and the Washington Post? Of course not. MSNBC, CNN, of course not, or anywhere else. Investigative reporters who are pulling together this information to see who is involved in these violent activities, attacking the police, attacking a courthouse, attacking other human beings. Where's the information? They're not giving us the information. I can assure you, if it was the Klan or the Nazis, we would know, and we should know, and we should know. But something funny is up when they're not telling us who these people are. Because I know you will find that the vast majority of them are not African Americans. The vast majority of them are not Latinos. The vast majority of them are not Asian Americans or Native Americans. The vast majority of them are bureaucrats, work for school systems, or college students, or recent graduates who depend on mommy and daddy to live and to feed their mouths. And they help them get cars and so forth and so on with time on their hands to criticize everybody else, to trash our history, 
to feel really smart and big, and now their eyes and their minds are opened, you see. And who contribute very little to this society, certainly right now. Does that make sense to you, Mr. Producer? If the National Teachers Union supports strikes over reopening plans, ABC News, one of the nation's largest teachers union, the American Federation of Teachers, is authorizing its members to strike if their schools plan to reopen without proper safety measures in the middle of the global pandemic. I don't know what that means. So they're not going to get paid then? No, they're going to get paid full salary. Well, they're not going to get their benefits? No, 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 their benefits keep flowing. In other words, they're getting paid no matter what. They have medical care. They can go see the doctor, go to the house. Everything's cool. It's copacetic. It's not like the private sector. You don't work. You don't get paid. In providing its blessing, the union's also offering local chapters access to its financial and legal resources. As they navigate a return to the classroom, union officials said they will provide legal support, communication support, and staffing to local chapters and vote to strike. This is why public sector unions are a cancer. We're talking about little kids here who can't get into the classroom. And the science and the data shows us that they don't get the virus and they don't pass the virus. You know what they get? The flu. You know what they pass? The flu. Announcing the measure, the union's president blasted President Trump. Well, imagine that. For pressuring schools to reopen. See, this is the game. The schools aren't open, the president gets blamed. The economy is not open, which is really up to the governors. The president gets blamed. Already, we're being told that the gross domestic product number that should come out very soon is going to show the greatest drop in the history of record-keeping. And Joe Biden will shuffle out to a microphone and look at his note cards, and they will accuse the president of it. Even though the president doesn't open and shut the economy, the governors do. And he's been begging them to open the economy. Well, you can't open the economy, you see, because all the people are dying from the coronavirus. The mortality rate is way down. But he'll be blamed for that. Well, we don't have the testing. We're testing more than ever before. The private sector working with the government, day in and day out, is perfecting the tests. We have more tests than any multiple of countries combined, and we had no test six months ago when we had an outbreak of this disease. But we're not testing fast enough or good enough or well enough. This is what happens when you have Democrats, bureaucrats, college students, or recent graduates. But the word should is always, but we should have more tests. And what are they doing to contribute to them? Nothing. 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 And they don't plan to either. I'll be right back. Fauci has a new idea. Do you see this, Mr. Producer, over at the Blaze? 
goggles. Dr. Fauci suggests, this is at the blaze, we'll post this now. People wear goggles or eye shields if you really want to be complete against COVID-19. Just as much of the country writes, Aaron Colon, is getting used to wearing face masks in public in an attempt to slow the transmission of COVID-19, Dr. Anthony Fauci suggests an even higher level of protection, goggles. During an interview on ABC News with Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. Jennifer Ashton, Fauci said that while it's not a widely recommended practice, the safest thing for people to do is also to cover their eyes. If you really want perfect protection of your mucosal services, you have mucosa in the mouth, mucosa in the nose, but you also have mucosa in the eye, Fauci said. And that's one of the things, theoretically, you should protect all the mucosal surfaces. So if you have goggles on an eye shield, you should use it. I think it's time for Fauci to retire. I really do, ladies and gentlemen. We're supposed to wear goggles now, Mr. Producer? Yeah, we used to call them glasses. Good point. But goggles? This man's taken seriously. Now, you know the Levin proposal. I made it several months ago. You remember what it was, Mr. Reduce? A burqa. We should all wear burqas just with eye slots. I guess you could put goggles over the eye slots. Right down to the top of your shoes. And these burqas could be made out of what? Plastic? And uh, when you go out, you'll be washed down with a hose. When you go back home, you'll be washed down with a hose before you go in the house. And because Dr. Fauci has also said that people are catching it from family members, everybody should go to a separate room. You don't eat together. You don't use the same bathroom. Men and women should, husband and wife should, well, you understand, keep, keep apart. Be great. So Dr. Fauci's answer is North Korea. Kill the economy and wear uh, government-designed outfits, goggles, masks. He said cover all the mucosal areas. That's the mouth, too, isn't it? But he's not a kook. No, no, no. He's the man. What am I doing? Oh. AT&T, $76 a month. Verizon Wireless, $83 a month. Wait a minute, I can't see this. My goggles are on. AT&T, $76 a month. Verizon Wireless, $83 a month. Sprint, $92 a month. That's what the average family for saving a month on their cell phone service by switching to Pure Talk USA. Looking to cut costs and free up cash on a monthly basis? Start today with Pure Talk USA. Pure Talk covers 99% of Americans. Yeah, the same network as the other guys, but at a fraction of the price. Their call center is all based right here in America, and their chairman and CEO is even an American veteran. And listen to this. Right now, you can save $250 off any iPhone with a qualifying plan. Stop paying too much to big wireless providers when your family could be saving over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk USA. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword Mark Levin. You'll save $250 off any new iPhone with qualifying plan. That's pound 250, 250, keyword Mark Levin, Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless.
So if we're wearing goggles, Mr. Producer, will that reduce abortions? Heart attacks? Strokes? Dr. Fauci never wants to talk about these other things, which kill far more people, some of them separately, but definitely in the aggregate, than the Wuhan China virus. But Dr. Fauci, he like walks around, he's just kind of like a TV star now, with the lips. When does he have time to do his damn job? Maybe I should go on TV wearing goggles. My Fauci goggles, Mr. Producer. Wear a mask, goggles. What else should we wear? Should we wear like a surgeon's hat? You know, they wear those paper hats or whatever they do. Or when we used to have cafeterias, weren't they? Well, those were quaint cafeterias, weren't they? No more cafeterias or buffet. No, I can't do that. But you wear a hairnet of some kind or a shower cap. You got the goggles. You got the masks. I can see that would be very fetching. This is so stupid. So stupid. To, the media want to turn the country over to this guy? So damn stupid. It's unbelievable that this guy has the so-called reputation that he has. I've already told you the story. As soon as he came out and said, masks don't work, don't get masks, I told everyone, right, Mr. Producer? I went online and I got a bunch of masks. Because I said to myself, wait a minute, I know I didn't go to medical school. On the other hand, I'm not a liberal, so I can reason. Why do people wear masks? They're called surgeons' masks when they do surgery. So I figured... The surgeons must know what the hell they're doing. Fauci hasn't been a surgeon. He really hasn't been a treating doctor for half a century. And this knucklehead is saying, no mask. I'm getting masks. And by the way, people, people were arguing with me. Well, I can go through the this, the cloth, and the... Say, I don't care. He says, no. It's like Obama. We're going to eliminate this weapon or that weapon. What do I do? I go out and I buy it. Anything Washington tells me to do, pretty much I do the opposite. I'm a rebel with a cause. I believe in liberty. I also believe in law and order and the civil society. Maybe we'll read the full article from The Blaze about Dr. Fauci and the goggles. Sounds like a kook to me. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. 
Twitter. We should start calling it Twit. Twitter Spocks, or spokesperson at an Israeli Knesset hearing on anti-Semitism. Trump tweet glorifies violence, but not Iran's supreme leader calling for genocide of Israelis. Have you heard this? Listen to this. Cut 11, go. You have recently started flagging the tweets of President Trump. Why have you not flagged the tweets of Iran's Ayatollah Khamenei, who has literally called for the genocide of Israel and the Jewish people? So we have an approach to where leaders that presently say that direct interactions with fellow public figures, comments on political issues of the day or foreign policy say rattling on Military economic issues are generally not in violation Calling of our Calling for genocide is okay, but uh, commenting however, on politics is not, just it, so we understand. Just so, I just want to fine-tune the question. Calling for genocide on Twitter is okay, but commenting on political situations in certain countries is not okay? So if a world leader violates our rules, but it is a clear interest in keeping that up on the service, we may place it behind a notice that provides some more context about the violation and allows people to click through if they wish to see that type of content. And that is what happened for for the Trump tweet. Uh, That tweet was violating our policies regarding the glorification of violence based on the historical context of, of the last line of that tweet and the risk that it could possibly inspire harm uh, and similar actions. And, and it, as it was in the interest of the public... Uh, shut up, you idiot. You see the BS here? This is a senior executive with Twitter. They flagged Trump's tweets, but Iran's Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, literally calling for the genocide of the Jews in Israel, no flag. And this is a hearing in the Israeli Knesset. And they're saying, wait a minute. You're flagging the tweets of the President of the United States? Really, because you disagree with him? And you're not flagging the tweets of the genocidal murderer who's threatening to wipe out the Jews in Israel? Iran's Ayatollah Khamenei? And the answer... Now, this came up at the hearing today. Jim Jordan brought it up. Not any of the Democrats or the liberals or even the Jews on the committee. Jim Jordan brought it up. Cut 13, go. Just last week, July 21st. July 21st, here's what Twitter did. The leader of Iran, the Islamic Republic of Iran. This is, this is, this is from the largest state sponsor of terrorism. Twitter allows this tweet. Quote, the Islamic Republic of Iran will never forget the martyrdom of Soleimani and will definitely... Strike a reciprocal blow in the United States. So you can threaten the citizens of this great country, the leader of the largest state sponsor of terrorism. That's just fine. But, oh, the president says he's not going to allow some autonomous zone in D.C. And he gets he gets censored. All kinds of examples, most of them from this year. And that's what's that's what's I think critical for us all to understand. Most of them from this year an election year. And that's what concerns me and so many Americans. Because we saw what Google did in 2016. We all know about the email the day after the election where top executives at Google email chain where they talked about the silent donation Google made to the Clinton campaign. Now, thank goodness it wasn't enough. And in spite of their efforts to help Clinton, President Trump won. Mm-hmm. 
Twitter is a uh, is a leftist operation from top to bottom. I don't care how they try and explain it. And that makes it abundantly clear. Jordan is shocked. The Israelis in the Knesset are shocked that they tagged the President of the United States. But the genocidal terrorist leader of Iran, he can go for it. It's really disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Craig Melvin, Greg Melvin, is a host on MSNBC and today with Representative Vernon Jones. Vernon Jones is a Democrat state representative from Georgia who supports the President of the United States. And he's extremely articulate about his reasons for supporting the President of the United States. And this is, again, another example. If you dare to step out of line, and here's a black man, right? No, I know that, Mr. Producer. I'm saying that rhetorically. Here's a black man, folks. And he... Look how he gets treated. From Craig Melvin, who is a host, is also a black man. Cut 16, go. If you look at the unemployment among African Americans during his years and during Obama years, clearly it was much better. If you look at Opportunity Zone districts, if you look at support and financial support to historical colleges, clearly it's better off under his administration than the previous administration. So, yeah, I don't want to get caught into politics just because I'm a Democrat. My party feels... By the way, stop. Notice this guy, Melvin, doesn't want him to finish. wants to keep interrupting him. Go ahead. I like to traffic in facts, and, and much of what you just said well, is patently false. No, wait, wait, wait. Nothing he said is patently false. Nothing. This guy, Melvin, is a fraud. But in order to get a paycheck from MSNBC, NBC, this is what you have to do. Go ahead. This is, no, no, Representative Jones, this is my show. I'll ask questions. Give me a well, second. you had me on your show, I, so I know, let me explain. I, Don't no, cut me off I'm when not, I'm giving I'm answers. I'm not cutting you off, but I do want to. Are you a, are you a paid campaign surrogate? Are you being compensated? Now listen to that. Let, listen to that. Listen to that. Well, let me ask you something, Melvin. Are you a paid campaign surrogate for Biden and the Democrats? How disrespectful. Incredible. Go ahead. Let me be clear. You get paid to shape a liberal narrative. You get paid to attack this president. It's I don't a get a question. dime for this president. I don't get a dime from the campaign. Everything Ask I've done answer. is in me and based on my Ask and answered, you schmuck. Nasty for no reason. Nasty because the man comes on and he's explaining to you why he supports Donald for president. Aren't you supposed to be a journalist? You're a complete fraud, like all the other jerks that work for that phony network. Remember, the media today is not about facts, information, objectivity, news. It's about social activism. Whether it's about hydroxychloroquine, whether it's about riots being mostly peaceful, whether it's about a gentleman here who's a respected elected state representative in Georgia, who's an African-American and supports Trump for president, this is how he gets treated. Go ahead. That's the problem. When an African-American that's Sir, elected... I, I, I did Georgia, not raise your let racist... Let me finish now. Let me no, no, finish. Wait, wait, let me no, finish. You, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not going you to imply that I asked that question, question because you're black. That is why you asked that question. 
because you're shocked that a black man would support the president. You're not happy about it. You exposed yourself, you jerk. This guy's not Michael Steele. He thinks for himself. Go ahead. Me that. You only ask me that because I don't fit your narrative. Exactly. Exactly. Good for him. Good for him. If the president wins re-election, this man belongs in the cabinet. I really believe that. There was another, as I recall, a uh, woman of color who was a state representative. I forget which state, Mr. Producer, remember? And she took the hydroxychloroquine, and I'm not obsessed over this, I'm just pointing it out, and it saved her life. And she came out and thanked the president for alerting her to this. And of course, she'll never be on Andrea Mitchell's show, not from today forward, I can assure you that. And she said she's going to support the president. And she was brutalized, and she was a state representative, maybe from Missouri, I don't remember. Absolutely brutalized. You just can't step out, you see. You have a doctor from Africa who joined these other doctors to talk about her experience with this medicine with 350 patients. That's 350 more patients than Anthony Fauci. And they try to destroy her over at the Daily Beast. Karen Whitsett from Detroit, Michigan. It's horrific. It really does take guts to be an African-American and to think for yourself. And not for the Democrat Party and not for the leftist agenda. And not only that, to speak out. It takes guts. You really do have to take your career in your own hands. I don't care if you're an African-American who's a professor, a teacher, a politician an entrepreneur, you don't go along with the narrative, man. You are going to be punished. And you're going to be punished by the media. The attack on the black doctor from Africa comes from the left-wing media, the Daily Beast, and regurgitated by others. The attack on this gentleman from MSNBC. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. There's been a lot happening, a lot of information coming out. 
You know, with the coronavirus and the riots and all that I think we're missing a little bit, we need to focus on this because this relates to whether or not we want a government that tries to destroy a candidate and a president or not. And nobody better than my man, Representative Devin Nunes. How are you, Congressman? Hey, Mark. It's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Bring us up to date the last several weeks. What has been exposed? What exactly took place? (laughs) The... The new information as it relates to Russiagate never uh, seems to uh, to end. It's like no. every page you turn, everything we open, it gets worse and worse and worse. I would say the biggest development was we finally learned who Christopher Steele's source was. And, you know, we had been looking for a long time for three Russians that we, we weren't sure we that, that there really were three Russians because – we always just assumed that this was just a sick fantasy of Glenn Simpson and Christopher Steele and other Democratic operatives, which, by the way, we still believe that, but they mm-hmm. actually just framed a bunch of people, uh, is, what we, is what we believe. But lo and behold, the main source ends up being none other but a swamp creature that used to work at the Brookings Institute. Uh, the FBI and others had called them Russian-based. In fact, to be Russian-based, Mark, you only have to be born in Russia. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's what happened. So this was uh, a guy who worked at a think tank, written papers at a think tank. He was working for some other firm uh, in Washington, supposedly gathering uh, intel work, and he was an employee of Steele. And uh, uh, other than that, uh, you know, clearly the guy, uh, as Horowitz discovered when he went through and interviewed the folks at the FBI and others, we learned that uh, this guy didn't have any sources. He just made this so basically, up. it wasn't from Russia. It's a guy who's from Russia, working at the Brookings Institute, a left-wing think tank in Washington, D.C., where a lot of Democrats go when they want to retire. And uh, he operated from there, basically yeah, well, made I, this stuff up? Yeah, so just, so just so I am clear, he worked there for a time. We don't have the exact dates. He was not working there in 2016 because he was working for Christopher Steele. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, ultimately what that means, he was working for the Clinton campaign. So, so you know, that's the whole problem here. This is not like this is some source that's like some, you know, Russian operative, somebody running around Europe, you know, sneaking into the Kremlin at night, uh, gathering intel. This is just some dude that at one point worked for a think tank, went to work for a company that was then uh, working for Christopher Steele. But the corruption with, with the Brookings Institute doesn't end there. Uh, we also know the president of the Brookings Institute, close Clinton confidant, I know that won't surprise you, was also involved in the dissemination of the dossier. And in fact, the, in 2016, we now know this because of a court case uh, in the United Kingdom that Steele was texting buddies with this with this president of the Brookings Institute left-wing think tank. And then, of course, the, the final note that we've known for a long time, they have this group that's set up as kind of like fact-checkers of supposedly official scholars that would monitor every move that we made. You know, the Brookings Institute, just good guys, right, just trying to do watch what Congress was doing. Well, the only thing that was clear for four years, they attacked House Republicans on the Intelligence Committee relentlessly, smearing defaming, slander, you name it. Uh, they even have a podcast that they did that on for, for four years, Mark, never stopped. And one thing that was always consistent, they also always defended the dossier mm-hmm. and 
defended the dirty cops at the FBI. So now Brookings is knee-deep in all of this. Well, I like to say they were involved in the development, the dissemination, and then the defense of the dossier. So this is kind of a new chapter, one that we didn't know of until about a week ago. And, of course, any serious FBI agent spending one hour on this would have known immediately that this dossier was crap. Who wrote it? Track it down? Who held it? They would have known it was crap. So the FBI knew it was crap, and they still used it with the FISA court. They still used it in questioning the president of the United States. They still leaked it. The media knew it was crap. The New York Times knew it was crap. They still pushed it. The Obama administration... We know because of testimony in secret in that phony impeachment committee, none of them believe there was any Russia collusion. So this entire thing, which you fought like hell to expose, which I kind of sniffed from the outside, this entire thing was created to take out Donald Trump, and not a single Democrat on your damn committee cares about it, do they? Uh, Mark, quite the opposite. (laughs) The Democrats continue with this narrative. They continue to talk about we don't want to have happen uh, like what happened in 2016 where the Russians were trying to be involved in our election. Nonsense, boys. You're the ones who were involved in, with the Russians. You're the ones who paid somebody to supposedly go get Russians. We ended up being just somebody who was born in Russia. But they made this all up. It was, it was Putin's greatest dream. Putin didn't have to spend one dime, didn't have to do anything, because the Democrats in the Clinton campaign made it up for them. And 2016. That's what happened in 2016. And uh, who was president again? Uh, Obama. Who was vice president? Biden. And what did they do to stop the Russians from interfering? Anything effective? <laughs> well, they, they didn't have to do anything. They were the ones doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were the ones doing it. That's how ridiculous this is. This whole thing was created by swamp creatures for the Clinton campaign. I, I hope that's clear. And I think what they really did, Mark, when, when it really comes down to it, once Trump won the election, they didn't know what the hell to do at that point. Mm-hmm. And their dirty trick, you know, they were trying to disuse this, that Trump, they were creating the, the dossier so that they could get stories written about how Trump was tied to oligarchs, Trump was tight with Putin. That was all for the campaign, just to try to dirty up Donald Trump during the campaign. But after he won, that's when they got really sloppy. And that's, I think, what they did with this guy, this guy in, in Washington. They put him in front of the FBI for three days. And, you know, clearly, after three days, the guy, the guy had nothing. But even then, this is another problem with the FBI. They continue to cover this up. Yep. Representative Devin Newsom, you become a good friend, a good friend of the program. And you really do deserve the Medal of Freedom or something like that. You've been terrific. God bless you, my friend. Well, thank you. We'll keep fighting, Mark. Thanks for All that. right. You keep it up. And we've got your back. And I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. 
And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. I bet you haven't heard this today. In Arizona... In the Senate race, a change polls, CNBC poll, looking at uh, July 24th through the 26th, you've got Kelly, the uh, leftist gun controller, at 47%, and McSally at 45%. uh, She picked up 2% recently. So that's a real race now in Arizona. And in Michigan... Peters, the Democrat, is at 48%, and James, the Republican, who happens to be an African-American, by the way, and an Army vet, or a military vet, at 44%. So the Democrats plus four. So those have tightened up. And as long as the Democrats keep rioting and burning and throwing Molotov cocktails at a federal courthouse, and the Democrat mayors allow criminals to keep killing their citizens and Nancy Pelosi goes public and makes a jackass out of herself and Joe Biden mumbles his way through cue cards and teleprompters I think you're going to see this all tighten up as long as the president stays on message which he is as long as he I mean the president deserves to be reelected he's done so many outstanding things Stay on message, explain them, expose your opponent. At times you're going to have to be uh, rude and rough and defend yourself, but not all the time. I think these uh, various press events he's he's had have been excellent the last week and a half. Absolutely excellent. Very important that the American people know who's doing what. What has Nancy Pelosi done? As I said the other day, has she contributed? Has she said to the president, what do you need from us to fight the coronavirus? She said nothing. Schumer, nothing. And the Republicans are about to spend a trillion dollars, and the Democrats want three trillion. They want these cities bailed out, ladies and gentlemen, that wouldn't even defend themselves. I don't want to bail out any of these damn cities. That's a disincentive for fixing your cities and helping people and controlling the riots. No doubt about that. On a recent episode of Levin TV, I've talked about these horrific shootings in these various cities. A horrible, horrible tragedy. And of course, for most of the media, you don't even know the names of these people who are murdered. It's a numbers game. Doesn't suit the narrative of the Democrat Party that runs these cities. Nor do you know the name of the men and women of the U.S. Marshals and others who try to defend a federal courthouse 
from the Marxist traitor rioters using the language of Nancy Pelosi. You don't know any of their names. Except Nancy Pelosi wants you to believe they're Nazi stormtroopers. Clyburn wants you to believe they're Nazi uh, brown shirts. No, instead they continue glorifying the destruction of national monuments, of cities, of courthouses. And of course, they're giving a platform to these Marxist leaders. At Levin TV, I promise to keep giving you the truth by digging into the stories that matter. Americanism, liberty, individualism, humanity. I've been nursing my copy of a brand new book, and God knows I'm contacted by so many authors and publishers. I can't turn this show into C-SPAN book notes. I have to be selective, and I'm sorry to those authors who I know break their backs for those that I just can't bring on. There's just not enough time. But this is a really, really special book. And it's by Sean Hannity. And Sean Hannity hasn't written a book in 10 years. And the title of the book is Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. It simply could not be timelier. It could not be timelier. And it's not for sale till next week, but you can pre-order it. So it shows up the day it's released on Tuesday. And from the introduction, progressivism, especially today's version of it, is intrinsically radical. Left to their own devices, they would move the country wholesale into socialism and authoritarianism. Americans cannot afford to let our guard down for one moment if we hope to pass on the blessings of liberty to our children. The work of shoring up our constitutionally guaranteed liberties will never be complete. We can never rest because the left will never rest. It's who they are and who they will always be. Do you know this book was completed about three months ago, Mr. Producer? Because that's how long it takes to get it published. So before the riots. And I just finished this book last night. It really is a spectacular book from beginning to end. And he goes through every single subject area that affects this culture, that influences our our lives. And he also talks about what needs to be done. And again, I don't know how you could have possibly written this two and a half, three, three and a half months ago, but he did. And so I'm going to have Sean Hannity on my Sunday show, Life, Liberty, and Levin, and we're going to spend the full hour together. You'll see we're buddies. The chemistry will be great. We're actually going to do it in studio, which we have not been able to do. But I want to thank... My uh, wonderful friends at, at Blaze Media for opening my studio, which has not been open for months, to allow us to do this. Oddly enough, the Fox studio in Washington, D.C. wouldn't allow us to do this. Can you believe that, Mr. Producer? So I call my buddy Tyler Cadrone over there at, uh, at Blaze. He's a good man. I say, he said, no problem. Go ahead. Of course, we'll take all the, uh, all the precautions necessary. So uh, that'll be done in my, during normal times, normal studio. Just Sean and me, one-on-one for the full hour. And the kinds of books I like to talk about most of the time are books that relate to things that are going on today, 
They give us information that may even provide some answers and solutions, something to think about. And those are the kinds of books that I like to talk about and I like to read. When it comes to history, I want to read original documents. I want to read as much original information as I can. That's just the nature of the beast. You know, as a side point, I've been meaning to tell you this. Now and then I collect documents. One document I have. Listen to this, Mr. Producer. It is a document where George Washington is nominating one of the first associate justices to the United States Supreme Court. Now back then there were seven justices, one chief justice and six associate justices. And he signs this nomination for William Cushing, who had been a justice on the Supreme Court of Massachusetts. One of the first justices on the United States Supreme Court at the very beginning of our history. And he was confirmed within 48 hours. (laughs) No hearings, no nothing. And on the back of the document, Mr. Producer, in America, is the acceptance of the nomination document after Cushing is confirmed by the Chief Justice of the United States, John Jay. So you have George Washington's signature and nomination of Cushing on one side, and on the back you have John Jay's inscription, and the dates are all there as well. Why am I bringing this up? I had talked to my wife about donating this document to the United States Supreme Court. You have to give it to the archives, but I would tell them, the United States Supreme Court, it's been very, very carefully and very expensive, framed with special, special glass, so you can actually hang it. And hang it in a way where you can take it off the wall and look at both sides. And I was going to give it to the United States Supreme Court, Mr. Producer, to hang in a prominent place. Until six weeks ago. Really four weeks ago. When opinions were coming out of this court, not just because I disagreed with them, but that were so outrageous. I decided that this court does not deserve this document. That what Gorsuch wrote in the LGBTQ case was so unconscionable and repugnant. Not because he reached the result, but the way he did it, the dishonesty. That all three men on this document, Washington, John Jay, and Cushing, would never have agreed with him. And then I watched the Chief Justice of the United States in his truly appalling conduct. And there was a piece that I posted, I believe it was in Politico, and how he has politicized the entire process, how he plays the system in the Supreme Court, decides which way to move and so forth. I said, this has, what he is doing and, the other, and some of the others are doing, has no relationship to what the framers of the Constitution intended or what the Constitution even says. 
And so I said, no. I try to take these documents and give them a home where they'll be seen, where they'll be appreciated, where they'll be revered for, for the rest of time, assuming there is a rest of time. And so I decided this document does not belong in this Supreme Court where they don't even revere the rule of law and the Constitution. And there are exceptions with Alito and Thomas, of course. But I'm not going to give it to them. So I'll keep it for a while longer. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. So a friend of mine on Levin TV writes and says, no, 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 Blaze Media, it's, it's Tyler Carden, not Tyler Cardone. I said, you don't even understand my sense of humor now? He's a good man. Good man. By the way, don't forget, please follow us at Parler. Download the Parler app. Get away from Twitter, folks. You can still play on Twitter, but you need to simultaneously come over with the rest of us on Parler app. P-A-R-L-E-R app. And then go to at Mark Levin Show. Is that correct, Mr. Producer? So it's Parler app. Easy enough to download an app. What is it, one or two clicks? And go to at Mark Levin Show on Parler. At Mark, L-E-V-I-N Show on Parler. How many... I, I want to beat everybody else. I want to make sure I have more followers than everybody else. Can we do this, America? I think we can. Let's build up this site because they actually believe in free speech. And by the way, don't forget the Mark Levin podcast. It is massive. MarkLevinShow.com. That's the mother website ship. MarkLevinShow.com. Click on the audio rewind button. It's at the middle of the top of the homepage. Just click it. It'll take you to the podcast page. Click again your choice of the podcast platform you want to use. Google, Apple, Stitcher. I happen to like Apple. But you'll want to check that out, okay? So download our podcast. You don't have to use it until you want to use it. You can use it anytime. Download our podcast. We have millions of people doing this now. Millions. Join us on Parlor. Get away from all the riffraff. Donna, Frederick, Maryland, the great WMAL. Donna, go. 
Hi, Mark. I think uh, Fauci needs to lead by example. Maybe he should wear the burqa, the goggles, the mask, and for good measure, the dunce cap, because I think he really needs that in light of this. How, whole- how about how about like these water flippers? I think. By the, by the way, Donna, everybody, if you go to my Mark Levin Show Facebook or Mark Levin Show Twitter or at Mark Levin Show on Parlor, you will see my recommended what I call the Fauci suit. It's right there. Oh, good. I'm going to check that out because my whole thing with this hydroxychloroquine, from the very beginning, we were hearing about how remarkable it is, and the left has knocked themselves over trying to cover it all up. You're right. Not to get it out there. Well, all this time, I can't help but wonder, now that we've heard from all these great doctors, how many deaths may have been prevented had that information gotten out in the way it should have been disseminated. That is a brilliant point, and that professor at Yale said perhaps 100,000 people could be saved. And notice he's not on MSNBC, he's not on CNN. Dr. Fauci doesn't want to meet with him. Dr. Fauci just wants to meet with the leftist Democrats in the media. It's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. And my family member lost a life. No thanks to the negligence on the part of these people who have been hiding the truth from us all this time, Mark. How come we never discuss life and death when it comes to abortion? Yeah, good question. Good question. Maybe it's time the Republicans really start... Uh, Forget it, forget it, forget it. They're not going to do it. Whatever you were going to say, they're not going to do it, Donna. And God bless you. Donna's a warrior. She's in the suburbs, Frederick, Maryland. It's like a safe harbor area. I'm sure they're going to devour that. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. God bless each and every one of you. Please join us again right here tomorrow, Levinites. Take care of yourselves. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.